Welcome to The City That Votes, a podcast series from the Chicago Board of Elections, taking you behind the polling place curtain for a look and listen at how our election system works in the Windy City. I'm Max Bever, Director of Public Information and your host for the program. As we wrap up counting and certifying all the votes from the most recent November 8th general election, we're already looking ahead to the next election. It's almost that time where candidates line up early to file their petitions to get on the ballot for the February 28, 2023 municipal election in Chicago. This petition filing period will run from Monday, November 21st through Monday, November 28th, with a day off for Thanksgiving. All petition filing will take place at 191 North Clark, the board super site in downtown Chicago at Clark and Lake. This episode, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of this petition filing process, as well as the next step, filing objections to those candidate petitions, and that deadline is Monday, December 5th. The board's general counsel, Adam Lasker, is joining us to give us a brief overview. Adam, thanks for joining us on The City That Votes. Well, happy to be here, Max. Thank you. All right. So uh, I know we're, we're about to be very busy on Monday and leading up through this weekend, but can you quickly tell our listeners the steps candidates have been taking to appear on the February 28th ballot so far? Of course. On August 30th, there was the beginning of the petition circulation period. That's a 90-day period where the candidates are circulating their nominating papers to gather signatures from the voters, either citywide if they're running from a, for a citywide office or from their wards if they're running for wards. And new this year, we've got the police district council offices up for election. So people are also circulating petitions in the police districts. That 90-day period started August 30th, and it ends on November 28th. That's the last day of the petition filing period. Uh, the petition filing period begins on November 21st. That's next week, Monday, yeah, busy day. <laughs> so what is so important about this first day of filing, and why do people like get in line the night before even? Well, the ballot order, where you show up on the ballot, depends on when you file your nomination papers in relation to the other people, the other opponents in your race. Uh, So the first people who file on the first day get towards the top of the ballot, and then as you get towards the end of the filing period, you, you reach down to the bottom of the ballot. When people camp out overnight, it used to be because the first person in line would have the top ballot spot in that race, and and it depended exactly on what order you came in. Uh, There were a lot of headaches, we'll say, caused (laughs) by candidates kind of arguing a little bit as to who's in line first. And So they passed a law quite a while ago that creates these ballot placement lotteries, and Max, it's going to be your job to run those lotteries for the Board of Elections. I just heard that I'm going to be uh, manning the bingo balls myself. That's correct. So for everybody who's lined up, we're going to open our doors for official filing at 9 o'clock in the morning. That's when the petition filing begins on November 21st. Anybody who's in line before 9 o'clock or at when the line opens at 9 o'clock is going to get a ticket that says in line by 9 a.m. and they'll get that stamped on their nomination papers and then they will go into, they will qualify for the ballot placement lottery for the, the top of the ballot, for the top ballot spots in each of their races. So there's no longer a need to camp out overnight because whether you were there, we've actually got one candidate I saw this morning is already at our super site it's true, waiting yes. in line. So we already have one person in line, apparently going to camp out the whole weekend. Uh, she will be in the same lottery as anybody else who shows up at or before 9 a.m. on Monday. Uh, but ballot placement is a big deal. It's also just, this is a very exciting time for the candidates. They, for, it's not, fun. for almost 90 days they've yeah. been circulating their petitions talking to people about running and th- th- Monday's the day that all these candidates from across the city show up at our office to file their nomination papers it's a proud day for people who've never run before it's a big accomplishment uh, for the incumbents who've done it many times before it's also a proud day because their staff is continuing to to support them with you know 
know, circulating petitions and having another run at the another go at the office. I'm preparing for all the media cameras and all my reporter friends who be there on the first day too. So I guess you know it is it is kind of a fun environment uh, for that first day. I got to admit, even even my attorney friends who represent the candidates and so forth are going to be there. Everybody's going to be there on Monday to who's involved with the actual uh, campaigning and, and ballot access. And there's going to be family members there and hugs and kisses. And it's a, it's a fun day for American democracy. It's it's the real kickoff of the official election cycle. So last day of filing, Monday the 28th, uh, I'm guessing it's somewhat similar. You're filing for being last on the ballot then? Yeah, and the funny history there, because, you know, our office closes at 5, the election code says uh, all election authorities have to stay open until 5 o'clock on the last day of petition filing. And again, when it comes to ballot placement, people used to stand right outside the line and, and fight over who's going to be the last person through that door at 4.59 p.m., you know. Uh, and it got to the point where they passed another law. This is a little, a little newer, but there's a second lottery now for the bottom positions on the ballot. So everybody who files within the last hour of the of this uh, filing period on the 28th between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. all those candidates get put into the second lottery mm. for the bottom positions in the in the uh, ballot order uh, people who come in in between monday the, the two mondays in between they come in the order that they're received and the the many fewer petitions get filed on those days in between the first and last day. All right, so I'm a candidate. I'm, I'm coming up. I've uh, waited in line. I've got my stack of uh, signed petitions. What else are candidates bringing to, to file on Monday, Adam? Well, good question. So when you're running for mayor, city clerk, treasurer, or alder person, uh, those filing requirements are governed by state law, the election code, and also an old body law called the Revised Cities and Villages Act that applies specifically to Chicago. And so they require a statement of candidacy, which is a sworn oath statement that has to be notarized by the candidate, essentially just uh, confirming uh, uh, under penalties of perjury that they're qualified to hold the office that they're seeking. Mm -hmm. It also does confirm that they are actually seeking the office for which the petitions have been served. Circulated. Uh, I have never seen it happen, but one could circulate petitions for somebody else without that person knowing or consenting to it. <laughs> Those petitions would not be valid because they have to be accompanied by a statement of candidacy signed by the candidate. Obviously, we keep hearing the word petition. That's the signature petitions with all the different uh, signatures from the registered voters mm -hmm. within the applicable election district, citywide uh, for mayor, city treasurer, city clerk, anybody in Chicago who's a registered voter can sign those nomination papers. For alder persons, uh, the only people who can sign their petitions are um, the people who reside and are registered to vote within their ward. And I know this question has come up often, and we've clarified it a few times on our own social media accounts, but for a municipal election, uh, a voter can actually only sign one of those candidates' petitions to be counted uh, correctly? That is that is correct. In a nonpartisan election like this, you're only allowed to sign for one candidate per race. The reason we get so many questions about that is the rule is different in the partisan elections and primaries that happen in the even-numbered years. So those are the political party primaries. For those, you're allowed to sign for multiple candidates of the same political party. Mm. You're not allowed to sign for candidates of more than one political party, but you can sign for multiple members of the same party. For these municipal alderperson alder elections that are nonpartisan, only one uh, one candidate per race is what you're allowed to sign. Got it. So that leads me to my next question then is, soon as all this is filed, you're heading into then objections to these nominating petitions, right? So uh, as soon as these are filed, does that mean that an objection can be filed? Objections can be filed after the close of the petition filing period. And, and a part of that is because, you know, sometimes candidates don't get all the forms in there. In fact, 
we kind of have to circle back a little bit because there's a, another document that's required in the nomination papers for the citywide and all alderperson elections. The uh, statement, the receipt of filing for a statement of economic interests is an economic disclosure that the candidates for the citywide offices and alderperson offices, they, they file that economic disclosure with the county clerk who issues a receipt of filing and the election code requires those receipts of filing to be filed along with the nomination papers. That's under the state law for those candidates, uh, those offices created by state law. The members of the police district councils, those are offices created by Chicago ordinance, by the Chicago City Council. That ordinance only mentions the petitions and the uh, statement of candidacy form. It doesn't expressly mention the uh, economic disclosure statement. I think it would still be advisable for those candidates to act the same way as the other candidates. There's an open question as to whether or not these uh, state law requirements are applied. And so this is the first time that this office is on the ballot in Chicago, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We've got 22 police districts, and with every one of those districts, three members will be elected to a, a district council that's an advisory uh, council, and uh, those three candidates would then serve as each commission for each police district. So if any of these candidates do have an objection filed uh, to their papers, this would be the first time that this is happening in case law or electoral board law? That is correct. Our electoral board has been hearing cases for decades and decades, but this, uh, since the city council just created this office, is the first time they're being elected. It would be the first time we'd have objections for them. So one way or the other, there's uh, some trails being blazed uh, with this office this upcoming uh, season. That's correct. I hope those, uh, for first-time candidates, I hope they're all easy on each other. Remember that up to three of you will be elected for each, for each police district. So if there's only three in the race, you're all sort of automatically winners. You can maybe leave each other alone. <laughs> Make life a little easier for us who have to handle all these cases. There will be hundreds of cases for our electoral board to hear. So, Adam, we, you, last time you were on the podcast, we had talked about the Electoral Board for the last election. Can you just go over some of the, the basic questions of who can file an objector's petition in the first place, and what are some of the more common objections? Sure. Any registered voter from the district that the candidate is running in can file an objection. So for alderperson, of course, it has to be a registered voter from the ward. Um, and then for citywide offices, anybody who's a Chicago registered voter can file an objection. The, the, the filing deadline is 5 p.m. on December 5th. Uh, the hearings are going to begin on December 12th after we serve out all those uh, objector petitions. And some of the common elements are the most common case is just challenging the signatures, saying that uh, you haven't filed enough valid signatures, mm -hmm. and that, that does result in a records examination where members of both the objector's party and the candidate's party will sit and observe as the Board of Elections staff goes through and compares the signatures on the petition sheet and compares them against the registration signatures for those same people on their voter registration cards. We are the only electoral board in the state of Illinois that uses certified forensic document analysts. Those are handwriting experts. We use certified handwriting experts to double check the rulings that are made by our staff so none of those rulings are confirmed until our certified experts have gone over it and taken a look. That's the most common objection. For this aldermanic race, it's the first uh, election following the redistricting of the aldermanic wards, mm -hmm. and that creates special rules for where you're allowed to run. So we get a, usually this cycle will have a little extra objections based on residency for, for the alderperson candidates as to whether they're running in the proper ward. You're actually allowed to run right now in a ward, even if you don't live in it, so long as the ward you're running in 
contains at least a slice of the ward that you lived in prior to the redistricting. That's kind of a complicated rule. <laughs> but the fact is, for this election, you can you can actually live outside of the ward you're, you're running in if you do meet that qualification. And then you just have to move into that ward if you want to run for re-election four years later if you win the office. So it's just those special once-in-a-decade rules. Uh, I know you made that cheat sheet about who can run where. It's up on our website at chicagoelections.gov if anybody uh, is interested in that information. That's right. And then other than that, you know, there's just, uh, you know, common objections would be related to residency, the the signatures, the paperwork. Sometimes people do forget to do a a statement of candidacy. It's a required document. Mm -hmm. so those are some of the more common issues. So Adam, we'll be heading directly into electoral board hearings right after this. When do you think everything's going to be wrapped up before Election Day? Well, that is the million-dollar question, isn't it, Max? Because of the way the statutory time frame works, the objection filing deadline is December 5th, and we have to take certain steps to get those documents served on the parties. And so by statute, the earliest we can begin the hearings is December 12th, and that's the day that we're going to do it. Now, when you fast-forward, there's uh, both a federal law and state law for the military and overseas citizens. We're supposed to start sending out their ballots 45 days before the election. That's January 14th. So that literally gives us one month and two days. Not a lot of time. Not a lot of time to handle hundreds of administrative hearings. We have a team of approximately 40 lawyers who are coming in to serve as hearing officers. We've got uh, four of the certified handwriting experts coming in. So we're going to move these cases as quickly as we can, but that is why they're always handled on a very expedited nature. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to be done at the electoral board level no later than that first week of January because then those cases can be subject to judicial review at the circuit court. They can go to the appellate court and even go to the Supreme Court sometimes. Well, right. So it's possible even after electoral board wraps up that these go to another court hearing that could take you into maybe even early February? It's, it's yeah, it's, it's problematic. So early voting can start, as, or it's, it's authorized to start as early as January 19th, but it's mandatory to start early voting by February 13th. Mm-hmm. So by all means, we, we really need to have our ballots figured out by then. And, uh, and it all just comes down to the, the parties need to understand we need to move these hearings very quickly. Some of the hearings can be quite complex, but, uh, you know, parties do get frustrated when we say there has to be a cutoff on, on the gathering of evidence and so forth. You get your opportunity, but you don't get forever because we have such a very short amount of time. You know, in, in a standard court proceeding, if someone files a complaint, you have 30 days to file a response. Here, we've got, like, basically 30 days to go from completely start to finish yeah. on the entire case. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, t- it's a tough process, but we have a really great team of employees who work as clerks and examiners. We've got great lawyers who come in as hearing officers, and, and we do a pretty good job. We do the best we can, for sure. Well, it sounds like we've got our work cut out for us. And looking forward to a busy Monday with you, Adam. Always a pleasure working with you, Max. We'll right. see, you, see you Monday. Thanks again to Adam Lasker for giving us this informative overview. To repeat, all candidate nominating petitions will be filed at 191 North Clark Street, and those petition filing dates and times are Monday, November 21st through Wednesday, November 23rd from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursday, November 24th is closed for Thanksgiving. Open again on Friday, November 25th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday, November 26th through Sunday, November 27th from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. And finally, Monday, November 28th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Any questions, please go to the petition filing webpage at chicagoelections.gov. Thank you for listening to The City That Votes from the Chicago Board of Elections. Please follow us on social media. We are at Chicago Election on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And leave us a review when you've got the time. Or contact me at communications at chicagoelections.gov. And let me know what you might want to hear and know more about behind the scenes at the Chicago Board of Elections. Until next time, 
I'm Max Bever, Director of Public Information, and thank you for listening.